Now, we have a special treat for our listeners with someone who's been generating a lot of headlines in local media outlets, especially lately. Reports had suggested Jim Rogers, chairman of Rogers Holdings and renowned investment guru, was planning to visit North Korea next month after being invited by North Korean leader Kim Jong-un. This came to these outlets from an unnamed key government official. He had earlier said openly that North Korea could be a land of opportunity for global investors, but that would require businesses to be legitimised. Today, let's hear from the man himself. A great honour then to invite Mr Rogers from Singapore on the line. Good morning to you from Seoul. Well, I'm delighted to be here, Alex. What do you... Quite a shock. Well, thank you very much. Um, and speaking of that shock, where on earth did this key government official then get the info from? Do you have any idea? Extremely, extremely good question. Uh, very good question. Uh, I was most surprised when I started getting calls from people about this article. I knew nothing about it. The great surprise, Alex, is that the, neither the newspaper nor the journalist who wrote the article called me. You would think with an article like that, they would have at least called me up and said, is it true? But nobody ever did. It was a huge shock for me. Of course, then it spread among global news outlets as well. Whether or not the original story was true, and I think you've made it clear it's not, uh, do you feel it is something you'd be interested in doing? No, of course, I'd be very keen to go to North Korea. I've been twice. It's illegal for Americans to go now, so I cannot go now. But I would love to go to North Korea. My 15-year-old daughter's dying to go. We all want to go. But unfortunately, it's illegal for Americans to go right now. Can you clarify the nature of your two previous visits there, though? Were they purely uh, tourists, or were you also trying to sound out business opportunities then? Well, what's the difference? Whenever I go anywhere, I don't just watch and say, oh, look at that, that's the Eiffel Tower. I, I try to observe and learn what's going on wherever I am. My first visit to North Korea was as a tourist. That's the only way I could go in 2007. And then I went again in 2013 as a tourist. So both times I went, first time I went just to see what was happening. Uh, you know, it had been such a horrible place for 50 or 60 or 70 years. So I wanted to see. Uh, and then the second time I realized that there were changes taking place. And so I wanted to see the changes for myself and start to learn about ways to possibly invest there. There's a slight irony, isn't there, though, because whilst things might have become more desirable as an investor over that period of time, in 2007, politically, it was far more interesting, perhaps even comparable to where we are now. I mean, So when you went there in 2007, did you think maybe we were on the verge of the kind of cooperation that would allow investment? No, I didn't really expect much along that line back then, though. One of the, my main the, the things I remember, I remember lots, but mainly I saw there was propaganda everywhere in North Korea calling for a united Korea. So I realized that the North Koreans, the propaganda for years, had been emphasizing that there should be a united Korea someday. So their mindset is already, they're ready for it. <laughs> their own government has been trying to persuade them that there should be a united Korea. Uh, the second time, of course, uh, in 2013, the old man had died, and the kid was taking over, and I knew there were changes taking place. It was very evident to me. I went to Razoon, which is the, the port up in the north. I'm sure I'm mispronouncing it. It's the, 
northernmost ice-free port in Asia, mm -hmm. and I knew that the Chinese and the Russians were doing a lot there, so I wanted to go and see for myself what was happening. But because of this interest, have you had any Pyongyang officials over the years build contact on the basis of your business interest? Uh, when I was there in 2007, the, the government people and I met, and they were very encouraging for me to invest there. They told me about their incentives and their guarantees. I said, listen, guys, I'd love to invest here. Your government wants me to invest. My government will not let me. I'm a citizen of the land of the free. Well, we're not very free in the land of the free. So I could not invest. Uh, I've met the North Korean ambassador in Singapore. I met him a few years ago. The North Korean ambassador in New York and I were going to meet when I was there recently, but we had to cancel because I forget why now. But no, other than that, the couple of ambassadors and meeting them while I was there, there's been no contact. But if you did want to go to North Korea, would you have to reach out to somebody? As you said, it's illegal to go as a tourist. Or would you have to wait for North Korea to reach out to you? What, what's your thinking on that? Well, even if North Korea reaches out to me, it doesn't matter. That's the American government has to approve. You know, I don't want to be rich and in jail. <laughs> I'd rather be poor and out of jail. No, it's the American government would have to give me permission. I, can, I mean, tourists can go to North Korea. Tourists from any, just about anywhere in the world, as far as North Korea is concerned, it's the government. South Koreans cannot go. Japanese cannot go. Americans cannot go. It's not North Korea that's holding us back. It's uh, our own governments. Let's discuss a little further what makes you potentially optimistic about North Korea still. Uh, why you think it would be an area of opportunity? Well... North Korea has been a disaster for decades, as we discussed, so it's very, very, very cheap, uh, and that's one good thing. If, you want, if, if I want to make an investment, I like to find things that are cheap, but cheap is not enough. You, you could have said that about North Korea in 1995 or 2005. Uh, you have to have some change. If you find something cheap where there's positive change taking place, chances are, going, are good you're going to make a lot of money. North Korea is definitely cheap, <laughs> desperately cheap, and there's amazing positive change taking place. You know, the kid is not really North Korean. I mean, the kid grew up in Switzerland. Would you rather live in, in Switzerland or in North Korea? I know the answer to that question. Right. Everybody, well, the kid had to. He's trying to change North Korea to be more like Switzerland, more like South Korea, more like Beijing. He knows the difference. So he's opening up, um, wants change, and they have lots of natural resources and cheap, disciplined, educated labor. And in the South, you have lots of management ability, lots of capital. So the two together can be very, very good. will be astonishing, in fact. Probably an open career will be the most exciting country in the world for a decade or two. You know, listening to you is very convincing, your, your portrait of Chairman Kim Jong-un there. But on the other hand, in the back of my mind, I've got uh, the experience of the South Korean firms that invested in the, the Kaesong Industrial Complex that are having a very tough time of it. The, the point being that dealing with North Korea is not like dealing with anyone or anywhere else, is it? Well, no, although you could probably say that about most countries. But remember, that industrial complex was built before the kid came along. That was built under his father. And it was South Korean president who closed it down uh, in recent years. It wasn't North Korea that closed it down. So, I mean, they're not as bad as you seem to think they are. The kid wants to open up. He set up free trade zones. All this has happened since the kid came along. It was a disaster before. That's why it's so cheap. 
Yeah, I mean, obviously, in business terms, perhaps he, he was seeing a shift, but it, it's of course all the political and humanitarian side that led to those problems, and and that's obviously a conversation perhaps that you don't want to engage with too much. Is it a concern, though, the, the way the North Korean government does its business away from actual business? Well, I know I'm quite happy to have any any conversation, and maybe I am a nut, but I I know you have to take everything into consideration. But again. All the propaganda you're citing took place under his father and his grandfather. Things are much different now up there. Uh, you know, the kid has free trade zones. He has bicycle tours now, movie tours. You can go You can go up there and run a marathon. I'm sure if his father were alive, he'd probably shoot the kid. If his grandfather were alive, he'd probably torture the kid and then shoot the kid. I'm not defending some of the things that anybody has done, but it is changing and if you can find positive change chances are you'll make a lot of money uh and um from what i can gather you know if you read non-u.s propaganda non-south korean propaganda that many positive changes taking place yeah i mean look i'm going by a lot of the accounts of um for example, the UN rapporteur to, to North Korea, but also North Korean refugees who have suggested that problems have certainly been ongoing on humanitarian grounds since Chairman Kim took power upon the death of his father. Just to put that out there, because I, I think we'll probably have some listeners who, who would really want that to be stated. On the other hand, I'd like to ask you, Mr. Rogers, with you being quoted and speaking quite openly about Chairman Kim in terms of the kid, are you concerned that calling him the kid would affect your chances of being viewed favourably by Pyongyang? I don't care if I'm viewed favourably by anybody. You know, that's not my goal in life. My goal in life is to have fun, to be happy and to be successful. I don't particularly care what anybody thinks about me. If, if I have to have the kids' approval to invest in North Korea, I'm obviously not going to invest. If something like that happens in the country, obviously I, for one, am not going to invest, and most other investors wouldn't either. Why would you invest in a place where you had to have personal approval in order to invest? That's not a real economy. That's still a sham. But based on what you were saying before, you're clearly optimistic that that money can do the talking in this case? Well, I don't think that money's the only thing in life, but far, far, far from it. So I thought we were talking about the opening up of North Korea and the change in the Korean peninsula's economy. If that's what we're talking about, yes, they need investment. It is a disaster. You know, they have, it, it, as recently as 1970, North Korea was richer than South Korea. But communism can ruin anything. It does. It ruins everything. North Korea has been ruined, a huge potential asset, but you have to have capital to develop those assets. I mean, everybody knows that. Even Karl Marx, the name of his book was Das Kapital. He mm. knew you have to have capital. His views of how it should work were totally wrong, but everybody knows you have to have capital in order to build an economy and to build a society. Mr. Rogers, are you hopeful that this Trump-Kim summit in Vietnam can lead to some of the changes that will allow for the capitalism that you've been advocating to have a chance even in North Korea? Well, first of all, capitalism is already taking root there. Uh, when I was there in 2013, I went to a market where there were hundreds of stalls, entrepreneurs, and thousands of customers with all sorts of products. I mean, I was they had electronics products. I didn't even know what they were. They were amazing. There was food from all over the world, alcohol from all over the world. I was astonished. Uh, 
at how capitalism is already taking root in, in North Korea, uh, and, and it's happening. Uh, I hope that the Mr. Trump and, and Chairman Kim, I won't call him the kid since that seems to upset you. It doesn't uh, upset me. I, I'm conscious of the North Korean regime's attitude, but I, I, I applaud your, your, your brazen optimism, if I may say so. Well, I'm not an advocate for North Korea or an advocate for anywhere. I'm an advocate for facts, and when I see something changing, facts changing, uh, I usually try to change with them and, and take advantage of, what, of the change. And I think I see a lot of dramatic change taking place in North Korea. I think I know why it's taking place. I do know that tens of thousands of Chinese and Russians go there every year. The, the North Koreans are exposed to a different life. There are many, many North Koreans on the Chinese side of the border. All of those Koreans know what's happening, and they have their family and friends over in the Korean side. So they all know what's happening now. This is not 1955. This is not 1969, 1989. They know what's happening now. And so the change is coming from above and from below because people don't want us. As I said, do you rather live in, you rather live in North Korea or South Korea? We all know the answer to that. Well, they'd rather live like South Koreans, too. And so the change is coming. Uh, in 1981... Everybody in the world thought that the Chinese were horrible, the government was horrible, and what a nightmare of a disaster it was. I didn't invest in China in 1981, but Deng Xiaoping started making changes in 1978, but he, for several years after, many people, including South Korea, including America, would tell you daily that China was a horrible, vicious place. Well, I wish I'd had enough sense to see the changes in the early 80s in China, despite the fact that it was a horrible, vicious, terrible place, according to American propaganda. Of, of course, you could still ask a religious missionary today, and they might give you um, a similar answer. But we're out of time. Jim Rogers, it's been such a pleasure listening to you. I hope we can catch up with you again in the future, if and when you do start investing in North Korea. For now, though, uh, good luck for the future, Mr. Jim Rogers. Thanks, Alex. Thank Bye -bye. you.